I'm Batsi. Welcome to my Design Q&A podcast with extraordinary people. I love having conversations with leaders in design, product, innovation, and technology. Here's hoping you find design inspiration for today and food for thought for tomorrow. So the first question I got on the chat is from Baba over in Johannesburg. And I will put his question up on the screen again. So question from Baba Jide. So the question is, um, is he's feeling stuck in terms of his growth. And he's at a crossroad of not knowing what to do. So I'm, I'm a firm believer of, of following your, your passion. I mean, we, we've heard kind of two arguments around this concept of follow your passion and everything will be uh, all right with you. One part of the argument is uh, if you follow your passion, you'll get burnt out and your passion will no longer be your passion, which is uh, goes against everything you're trying to achieve. Whereas the other school of thought is if you follow your passion, then you'll never work a day of your life. And I think I, I kind of fall into that category. So I, I believe in, in the former where in the latter, where if you follow your passion, you'll never work a day of your life. So if you don't know what you want to do, what I recommend doing and what I've seen uh, working for some people is just get yourself exposed to as much as you can. Um, If you're thinking of sticking in digital and everything design related, there are so many fields now that are emerging when it comes to, to design. So gone are the days where UI UX was transitioning from people that were building websites in HTML and because kind of user-centered design was getting popular, people were transitioning to calling themselves UX designers and uh, graphic designers were transitioning to calling themselves UI designers. And there was almost for a long time this duality of there's UI and there's UX and that's pretty much it. Now the it's so much broader than just that. So if, if you don't know what you want to do, uh, maybe it's just a situation where you need to get yourself exposed to a lot more. For example, um, we're seeing a lot of jobs now being advertised in Web3, uh, specifically metaverse-related jobs. So whether it's NFT artists, whether it's designing experiences in the metaverse, um, learning about crypto and how that ties in with with blockchain, smart contracts, and what that experience looks like and and how we expose that whole um, new wave of the internet, Web3, to people that are being left out. So you might actually find a crossroads where you're creating platforms for people that don't otherwise have access to that technology. And that's all design, right? Because you're designing experiences that provide uh, inclusivity. So don't think of what we do as just UI, UX. It's much broader than that uh, now. As a follow-up question, I would maybe ask, so I'd asked if you were not designing, what else would you be doing, Baba Jide? That's my follow-up question to you. So let me know, and then we can try and figure this out and find something that you might enjoy doing within the realm of product design. So next question is, how do I stay motivated in design? That's been my challenge of late. I feel like I'm running out of ideas. 
So I'll put this up on the screen. This is from Kudzai Shev. Yeah, this is uh, a very good question. So I feel like you will reach this stage if you keep doing the same thing over and over. And I felt this when I was uh, living in Zim and the whole scope of what I knew and what I experienced was determined by my geographical location because I was in Harare, Zimbabwe. And it was basically uh, my, my exposure limited what I was able to achieve in, in, my, in my career. So just making the move to a different country, just um, getting out of my comfort zone, being surrounded by people that uh, knew a lot more than I did starting from the, 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 the ground, basically, uh, was able to challenge uh, myself. And another tip I would give you is work on personal projects. So for the longest time, I have made it a point to always have a personal project that I'm working on. Because um, then I'm actually merging whatever I'm enjoying at that particular time, whether it's a hobby or a fascination or an interest, and combining that with my actual um, forte, which is design and, and product uh, and building digital products. So if you're feeling unmotivated and you feel like you're running out of ideas, my advice would be start a personal project, find something that you really love, whether it's growing flowers, whether it's um, NFTs, whether it's buying and selling online, whether it's sneakers, jewelry, whatever it is that you're currently fascinated with and what you find joy in start a personal project where you infuse that uh, passion and that hobby and merge it with design and, um, and and kind of building products. And you'll find that you'll, you once again kind of enjoy that process of research, coming up with a business case, coming up with a product. And maybe that'll help you to uh, find other avenues of doing what you do besides obviously our day-to-day work. Because if your only experience of design is what you're doing at work, um, you will definitely burn out and you you won't enjoy it. Because the work we do at work sometimes isn't kind of the most exciting or uh, the, the those shining pieces in your portfolio, right? You want to do something outside of work um, that is combined with something that you love doing. Awesome. Another question from Ahmed is how do I tackle creative block? So this is interesting. So it depends what you're doing. If you are a designer um, or a writer, there are different ways you you can do that. I was um, watching a video of of a prolific writer who's written, uh, I think he's written over 70 fictional novels. And he was talking about how he um, tries to, to fight that creative block uh, when he inevitably gets it because he's a professional writer. So we've all heard of writer's block. Uh, and his advice, taking his advice, because he's obviously more seasoned than I am, was to try and, and create a formula where you create a space that is specific to what you want to achieve. So in his case, he's a writer. So he has a specific space that he goes to when he needs to write. Um, So I would say if you're a designer, um, whether it's um, user experience or product or or visual design, just try and find a space where you can retreat, go back and refuel 
um, to try and get that creative um, uh, streak going again. Another really useful thing that I find uh, useful for myself is not jumping to design. So I found that a lot of the times in my career, I actually do the designs in my head before I've even touched my computer. Because um, you, you can iterate very quickly in your head, whereas in your computer, on your computer, you're limited to, your throughput is basically limited to how fast you can move your fingers on your mouse, right? On your keypad or, or with your mouse. Whereas in your mind, you can iterate concepts really quickly, like literally hundreds of concepts within a minute just by just sitting down somewhere quiet and just thinking about what you're trying to achieve, what you're trying to design. Uh, I find that I, I do that a lot. So before I've even touched my computer, I've already cracked the problem I'm trying to solve um, by just by iterating the problem in my mind. So you actually find doing that, you actually work faster in the end because you versus someone who starts designing and exploring on their computer, they can perhaps maybe do only 10 or 20 concepts at most, whereas you can do uh, a lot more in your in your mind. So that's what I would say. Trust your mind more. Train your mind to to think up ideas and concepts and, and expose yourself to that before you've even um, touched a computer. I hope that helps. So we've got a question from Shahul asking... I'll put it up on the screen. So where to start in the learning path for a beginner? Good question. Good, very good question. So if you are not a designer and you're thinking of getting into design, um, this kind of ties back to what I was saying about there's a lot more to design now than just UI and UX, right? Um, so if you're a technically proficient person like yourself, Shahul, if you're on the retail transformation uh, project on the online team. There's a lot of things that are happening now that combine creativity with technology. So I would say if you're starting off as a beginner, don't look at disciplines that are relevant today, simply because they're going to be obsolete literally two to three years uh, from now. So try and be forward thinking. If you're thinking of getting into design now, what I always tell, tell people is don't look at what's being done now and make try to make that your career because it's going to be obsolete very quickly with the way things are changing. So look at um, platforms like the metaverse and uh, VR, AR, NFTs, smart contracts, that world, and see how you can train yourself um, and, and become relevant three years, four years down the line when you actually have experience in design and you're looking for, for opportunities, now you're actually relevant in something that is valuable versus being proficient in something that's now outdated. So that's what I would say. If you're thinking of where to start as a beginner, look forward rather than looking at the current state of design and prepare yourself for that next wave. Awesome. So next question is from Fadiso. How do you get corporates or mid-sized companies to give you a chance at building out a platform for them when you have less than two years of experience as a product designer? Good question. 
Um, I've seen this question as to Gary Vaynerchuk online. And his point is always, don't be afraid to do work for free. So I found myself giving that same advice because I realized that I did something similar kind of at the beginning of my career. Uh, only I, I kind of did it for myself where I worked for myself for free instead of working for someone else. So my advice would be if you're trying to get into corporates or large size companies, you want to target smaller companies that are within the same field, right? So for example, if you're trying to get into Spotify or some Spotify is the largest streaming network, I, I suppose. So you then have to target um, up and coming startups or companies that are within that sector and offer to kind of solve their problems for them um, under the context of getting experience and and growing it for like growing yourself as a designer. So that's that what that's what I'd say. I'd say if you're trying to get into a specific company within a specific field, whether it's fintech, uh, whether it's entertainment, etc., look for smaller companies that you can solve problems for. And then use that to build not only experience, but also portfolio pieces that you can then use to send to hiring managers for those larger companies and say, look at the problems I've solved for, look at the problems I've solved that are in the same field as you guys. This is what I can do. This is what I've learned over the past year or two, solving problems for companies within your space. Um, I think that's that's a really good way of approaching it because you gain kind of relevant experience into something that you want to get into. Question from Temba. How do you develop your own aesthetic, authentic design aesthetic amongst all the designers out there? So it's an interesting question, a good question. Um, and it reminds me of the cultural inclusion um, discussion that I had at a talk last year, if not in 2020, I think it's just 20, early 2021, where we realized that a lot of the designers that were being brought up now had the same North Star when it comes to what good design looks like, right? So if you think about good design, you immediately think companies like Apple, Spotify, Nike, etc. Same caliber of companies, same, generally the same type of visual design. And that is lauded as kind of the be all and end all of design, uh, right? And you find that a lot of those are based on like Scandinavian design principles, like less is more, straight lines, clean, um, white space, and those kind of principles. Um, so we end up actually ended designing the same things, or we end up having portfolios that look very similar. And I think the remedy to this was to just take a step back as a designer and look at what makes you unique. And a lot of the times it's where you're from and the context within which you not only learned design, but you grew up in general. So for example, I'm an African uh, designer, grew up in Zimbabwe, and there are a lot of cultural influences that make me unique to a designer that grew up in Japan or, or Los Angeles in, in America, et cetera, right? So I would say lean in into that heavily. You, you actually find that I've, I've done that for myself when I branded myself. Um, if you see on my website, a lot of the visual elements that I use 
um, have a nod to where I'm from, like my African uh, roots. And you actually find that it's refreshing for companies that are looking for designers around the world to hire people with different perspectives and hire people with different approaches, hire people from different backgrounds. Because uh, when you have creative people that are in the same room and they, they have different perspectives, um, not only as to what makes a design a good design, but also different perspectives with regards to companies that are multinational. So for example, Spotify operates in obviously pretty much every continent on earth. So they cannot really stick to one design ideal when they're trying to expand into different uh, different markets, right? So having designers that have unique perspectives is very crucial. You find that uh, it's the same with us at Al Hilal Bank now, where I am, uh, where we have a team of designers from pretty much um, um, all different walks of life, right? So we've got uh, guys that are in Belgium, India, uh, Lebanon, Spain, um, uh, Pakistan, etc. And this has been really useful for us because now when we're looking to expand to different territories, we can actually have, have designers that are adding value by giving us different perspectives, things that we might not have thought of uh, when when you're thinking of how to apply your design in, in different contexts from different cultural perspectives, right? So I would say if you're trying to develop your own aesthetic and something that's authentic especially, lean into who you are and where you're from because you can't get more authentic than that. Awesome. Really good questions, guys. Really good questions. Okay. Um, let's see. Trushank. So Trushank is in my my design team. Lovely to see you guys here. Love the way you've put together your portfolio website. Oh, thank you. Did you code it yourself or is it designed through a platform like Squarespace? Yes, I did code it myself. Yes and no, I guess, is the, is, is the, is the correct answer because I did it on WordPress, uh, but I customized the WordPress uh, installation. So I, I wrote some of the CSS and designed it myself and whatever. So yeah, it wasn't Squarespace. I, I did it myself. If you want to, to see how I did it, hit me up. I'll, I'll show you one of these days. Question from Ingrid. Ingrid, you are missed. Hi, Matsi. What design regimen do you recommend for new UI UX designers? Good question. Good question. I would say work on your craft and work on having attention to detail. Because what I've seen is a lot of the times the differentiator between a good designer and a great designer is just attention to detail. So really taking taking care and, and love and attention to that one pixel versus the many, right? Uh, I learned this, my, I think my biggest lesson on this was when I worked in South Africa and my creative director in the digital design team was very uh, attention, like she, her attention to detail was phenomenal, like to the point where if something was one pixel off to the left, she would notice it and make you move that that graphic element like one pixel to the left, 
uh, right? And and I I saw the value in that because it it made me care about my craft. Whereas I see like designers that didn't have a manager that was that detail oriented early in their career, they're not that detail oriented, uh, right? And and I think that's that's kind of the one of the things that I, I look for the most is attention to detail, making sure that something is pixel perfect is it's underrated. The other thing I would say is keep yourself relevant. So I keep mentioning Web3 for, for a reason. I really think, uh, and I've started to actually see companies like Facebook uh, or Meta, as they're called now, um, hiring people within the, 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 the realm of Web3. And Web3 has really only been a thing, a real thing for the past maybe two years, where the metaverse is actually something that everyone's heard of and everyone knows, uh, but companies are already hiring in that space, right? So if you are a new UI UX designer, highly recommend that you upskill yourself when it comes to the tech that is going to be mainstream two, three, four, five years from now, because that's the only way you'll, you'll um, stay relevant because you're, you're at the beginning of your career. So you need to make sure that you future-proof yourself. Um, so yeah, super important. Awesome. Navjeet, question from Navjeet. I'm struggling in describing my solution. How do you improve your design vocabulary? Wow, that is that is interesting. <laughs> it reminds me of some, uh, something someone said once. Um, and this is, this was coming from like a pan-African movement um, type of uh, evangelist, right? This is someone who was you can imagine like that that really pan-african type of, of of evangelist who speaks about colonialism and uh trying to fight the injustices against uh the, co the colonized or whatever right and his point was um the the problem he sees in a lot of young people is they're leaning into westernization a little bit too much and forgetting who they are and the way he put it is if if you're thinking in english your thoughts are limited by the amount of english that you know right so don't try and be something you're not essentially is is what he was trying to say so if you're trying to improve your your design vocabulary and you're struggling to describe it, I would say take a step back and try and describe it like, you're, like you would in, in your day-to-day -day lives, right? So I know, for example, um, if, if you are a Japanese designer or an Indian designer, a lot of the times you're more comfortable speaking in your own native language, right? Um, so I would say like lean on that, lean into that. Don't be shy of that, but lean into it and try and understand the concepts within the, the scope of uh, the language that you're most proficient in and then, and then translate that into uh, English, which is, I guess, the, the, uh, what you're probably trying to express your idea through. Uh, another thing would be um, to simplify the concept. So I saw something interesting the other day where it, it was a question of how would you describe design to a seven-year-old, right? And, and we've seen this a lot where if you 
can't break down something to its smallest parts and explain it to a child, then it means you yourself don't actually really understand or grasp that concept. Um, if you've seen this YouTube series where they have like an astrophysicist who has to explain quantum mechanics to a child all the way up to a professor level, right? So they'll have a child, teen, young professional, PhD student, and then professor. And he has to explain um, like a quantum, what's a quantum computer to a five-year-old and a pro- someone at, at, at his own, like a peer, someone at his level. And you can see the only way you can you can break down a concept into something uh, into, into, and make someone as like a five-year-old understand it means you yourself really have to understand that concept. So I would say if you're struggling to, to describe a solution, it's probably because you're trying to describe it in a very complicated way. Just take a step back, act like you're describing it to a child, a five-year-old, seven-year-old, and see how, how would you reframe your argument or how would you reframe your solution to someone that, um, that young. And then from there, build on the, the explanation. It's a, it's a bit of a left field uh, way of doing it, but I think if you try it once, it might work. Comment from Andrew. Hey, Andrew. So, Andrew, I, I hope we actually meet up one day in Dubai. Uh, let me know when I'm there. So, he says, hobby and work can lead to greatness. Absolutely. Absolutely agree with that. And he also says, try to solve a problem you face in the world, parallel to one of your loves. That's a good point. So, if you're trying to, um, to, to find things to do, to kind of break that creative barrier or to find your passion in design again and you're you're struggling with that, trying to solve a problem that you have day to day. And you'll actually find that you'll find a lot of fulfillment and joy from solving an actual problem that you have versus a problem that you you, you got from, from a client or at work, yeah. Mohammed says to that, he's better at storyboarding in his head. Awesome, awesome, I'm glad it works for you too. That's good to hear, I guess um, I'm not the only one there, awesome. Andrew says, I find creative flow by spending time in creativity away from the craft. That's interesting, yeah, for sure. Question from Mohammed: have you ever faced a situation where your manager was threatened by you and started distancing from your growth. <laughs> wow. Um, I have to say no. So far, I have not. I have not. I think I've, I've been blessed to have uh, good managers in the sense that the reason they hired me is because I was good at what I do and they wanted me in their team. Uh, right? So I think Steve Jobs had this concept as well, like you hire and surround yourself with people who are actually smarter than you. Uh, and that's what I've done with my team. I mean, Tushank, Navjeet, Nikita, you guys are all like Ingrid, you guys are all smarter than me. That's why <laughs> That's why I'm here today, because I learned from you guys. So true story, man. Um, nope, I haven't faced that yet. Hopefully never will. Question from Andrew. Oh no, it's actually a comment. Spend time being creative in something other than the creative skill you're working on. For Andrew, it's creating music while being conscious of the creative states he's wanting to look for. Yeah, so I think this is in line with the creative block, I think. 
Um, so yeah, I guess, yeah, it's absolutely right. Creativity is is not just within the craft that you're trying to work, right? So if, if you unlock your creativity in something else, it can even be cooking, writing, whatever it is, uh, you'll find that you, as you're doing that and you're thinking about your problem, you, you can often find a breakthrough. Mr. Clive, welcome. Welcome, bro. Uh, kudos to you. Do your thing. I gotta go, but enjoyed being here. Thanks, Clive. Appreciate it. Andrew says, preach. Don't wait for backing or go ahead. Do a project for free and you'll prove your value very quickly. Absolutely. Let me know, Andrew, if you've actually done this before. Like, have you worked for someone or done something for free? Uh, and then use that as leverage to kind of step up in your career. It's interesting that for the longest time, until like two months ago, actually, everything in my portfolio had been personal projects because I actually found that I did my best work when I was doing work for myself and kind of doing work that I was that I had fun doing. And sometimes you don't get that at work because you're working on what people tell you to do, right? Um, so until like Al Hilal Bank, uh, everything in my portfolio was personal projects. So it's food for thought. I mean, don't underestimate the value of your personal work because it got me this far and it can work for you too. Andrew says, thanks for the engagement, Andrew. Really appreciate it. So Andrew says, I've sent an email to a company I wanted to join outlining some issues and solves for an online platform of theirs led to me getting a job. Awesome. That's awesome. So yeah, I think it, it's, it's a really good example of you taking the initiative to solve a problem that they have, um, sending that to them and they actually see your value that way, which is more or less equivalent to doing work for free. Cause I mean, you did it for free and they saw your value, uh, the value that you could have and uh, your different approach to solving the problem. So that is amazing. Let me know which, uh, if you can, let me know what company that was for. I'm interested to know. Kudzi says, we need more sessions like this. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm planning to do this once a month because um, I'll be sharing, I'm working on some cool things on my own as well that I'll be sharing on platforms like this. And like, I mean, like we keep saying, personal projects are the most fun, the most inspiring. Um, and I always, I've always worked on two or three personal projects um, while I have a nine to five job because that's why I guess my portfolio was full of just personal projects because I love doing that. And it's actually where I find myself growing the most outside of work. So yeah, I'll be doing this and sharing some of the projects I'm working on uh, and making some announcements as well. So absolutely, we'll be doing more of this. Um, awesome. I think that is all the questions. All right. And we are 40 minutes in, which I think is long enough for the first one. So thanks everyone who joins. Really, really appreciate it. Um, I think I, if I manage to help, I am happy. If you have any more questions, um, just drop me a DM on, on um, LinkedIn and we'll have a chat. I think I was meant to actually uh, connect with some of you like uh, Baba Jide, Baba. I think we're supposed to have a call. Let's really try and get something in um, and then we, we can chat because I think you, 
um, you'll benefit from just a one-on-one chat and I can help where I can, you know? So thank you guys. I will be ending the call now. Have a, an amazing weekend. Appreciate the love and support. Hope to chat to you guys on the next one.